Welcome to the Battlestat Sports Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. Welcome to the Horns Corner section of the Battlestat Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Nino's Corner Battle. Uh, today we're going to do a game recap of the Texas versus uh, TCU game. Well, first off, guys, this is my 20th episode. So, you know, 20 episodes, you guys have been with me. Thank you for being here for 20 episodes. But um, this is not the most happiest 20, 20th episode you hear from, a, you know, a podcast host. You know, I am a Texas grad, so I cover uh, the Texas Longhorns when it comes to their football. And, uh, yeah, this was not a great game for these guys. Um, as you guys know, I have my own custom battle stat number. Uh, you'll, you'll, um, you'll hear me, you know, actually refer to it as the BSN. Um, so when it comes to the BSNs, uh, you know, we'll get into that later on in the podcast, but let's give a, a game recap of this. So this week has been a crazy week for Texas football. Um, you know, so Brennan Eagles, um, starting star, star sophomore, star team, uh, wide receiver, uh, miss practice a couple days i guess this week you know for personal reasons um uh he ends up traveling with the team you know he's 100 you know they say he they well the coaches they you know as in coaches said he is 100 percent committed to the team they end up traveling him to uh fort worth and they don't play him at all he dresses out and he's on the sidelines doesn't play at all they start a uh, fifth year senior john burt um you know john burt's been a good player his best game probably was the Shane Buchel, freshman season, first game of the season against Notre Dame in 2015, guys? 2000, no, 2016. 2016. And also the first season that Shane started um, was probably John, it was probably John Burt's Burt, you know, best game. Um, so he ended up starting in place of Brennan Eagles' game. Um, one thing that, you know, I have a, problem with coach Herman. I you know I know he wants to you know establish a a culture but you know this is a game where you're in the process of winning games it's about wins and losses um there are players who have done far worse than mispractice for personal reasons maybe contemplating transferring who knows you know I don't have any inside sources so but the guy mispracticed for you know for personal reasons and he sat the whole game uh there are certain teams in the in the nation who've had guys had uh, gun charges, drug charges, <laughs> whatever you want to name it, um, and only miss a quarter of a game. You know, this is a game about wins and losses. Nobody is going to care about you doing the things that you need to do to you know establish the air quote um, culture of your team when you're losing games. I think uh, this team took TCU very lightly. They didn't think TCU could hang with them. Uh, TCU hung with them. Not only did TCU hang with Texas, they beat them. Handing Texas their uh, second loss in the last three games. Um, and let's be honest, if Kansas would have um, had a couple plays last week and not dropped a touchdown or so, they probably would have won the game. And this would have probably handed Texas their third loss in a row. Texas is playing – they're in a downward spiral right now. They're playing some of the worst ball that, that they've played so far this season. And this is not good for them. They're going into the bye week with a loss. Um, hopefully they, they can get their defensive back players back healthy and things can crisp up a little bit in that backfield. But right now Texas is playing some of their worst ball. Um, 
Yeah. As much praise as we give, you know, starting quarterback Sam Ellinger, we got to, you know, give him some shade when it comes down to it. He threw four picks today, guys. Four interceptions. Horrible. Cost Texas the game. Gave uh, TCU a short field. Um, and with a short field, TCU was able to get some confidence because they were able to let their freshman quarterback, who is the worst quarterback in the Big 12, um, get a little bit of confidence by running the ball. That's his strength is running the ball. So he was able to run the ball a lot on those short fields, get some touchdowns, and end up, uh, you know, actually propelling this team to win the game. Um, overall, bad game for Texas. I don't know what else to say. I'm kind of stunned about this game. Uh, I thought Texas was going to win this game. I thought they were going to win by a score or two because of how they came out and played against Kansas. You know, the the big thing was, was the team that we saw last week against Kansas to real Texas or was the team that we saw against LSU to real Texas? Um, I think the team that we saw against Kansas is far closer to what this team actually is than the team that we saw against LSU. And that's sad to say because I thought this team had great aspirations this year to – um, compete for the Big 12, but they still have a, a a chance to compete for the Big 12. But they had aspirations, guys, of not only competing for the Big 12, but if they won the Big 12, they had, they had aspirations of possibly, possibly competing for the college football playoffs. This team has three losses right now. They are the fourth best team in the state of Texas behind teams like SMU, Baylor, <laughs> TCU, of course, as they beat them. Um, so that leaves Texas at the fourth best team in the in the state of Texas. Many can argue that they are the fifth best team. Many can argue that Texas A&M, might I say, um, I would hate to say this, but many will argue that Texas A&M is the better team than Texas right now. Um, they lost two, well, they lost three games. Texas has lost three games. The three losses that A&M has is against uh, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson. Alabama's number one in the country. Clemson's number three in the country, and Auburn was number nine in the country today, and they barely lost to LSU, who's the number two team in the country, by three points. Um, so many can argue that Texas is the fifth best team in the, in the state of Texas. Who would have thought anybody would say that at the beginning of the season? Wow. It's a lot to digest um, after what has transpired throughout the season. Um, let's take a look and let's uh, look into the, to the battle set numbers or the BSN guys. Kind of tired of talking about this team right now in regards to the individual play of this game, but let's just let's 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 take a look into the BSN offense. So the Texas offense, guys, the average BSN offense for an NCAA team is forty. Texas clocked in at forty-eight point seven, which is above the NCAA average. However, um, it might sound good. It's not really good when Texas has been posting some great numbers. They, they you know, so Texas posted a forty-eight point seven. TCU posted a, a 56.3. So they were, you know, around eight points higher than what Texas was. So was, they had the better offensive efficiency ratings. Um, on a per quarter basis, the first quarter, Texas had a 50.3 BSN offense. Second quarter, they had a 65.6 BSN offense. Now let's compare it to, TS, to, to TCU's. TCU's had a 53.8 and then a 70.9 in the first and second quarters, respectively. Texas entered halftime with a lead, if I'm not mistaken, a 20 to 17 lead against TCU. So they had the better TCU. Now, let's look into the second half of the game. 
Texas posted uh, in the third quarter 26.2 BSN offense, which is straight horrible, and it's mainly due to the turnovers. And that same way they threw. Um, Texas had four total four total turnovers this game. All four were interceptions by quarterback Sam Ellinger. Um, Texas had Texas had the twenty six point two beats in offense in the third quarter, and TCU had their highest of the game at seventy eight point four, and that was a game changer. Um, you know, pretty much sealed the game for TCU. Now let's take a look at the fourth quarter. Uh, Texas did have an opportunity to to press on and keep trying to press on to win this game. But they didn't. Uh, Texas had a, a fourth quarter BSN of 53 points. TCU had a 43.2 BSN. But the, but the key uh, metric was Texas threw an interception at the end of the game on a fourth and nine play. Fourth and nine, Texas threw an interception. Sam Belling was third, actually, his fourth interception. Uh, that really cost the game. Um, TCU had two runs, basically nailed downs, I would say. But they, they actually ran the ball. That is the game. Now, let's go, let's go ahead and take a look at the BSN defense side of the ball, guys. Defense. Texas. Well, first off, the average offensive, the average defensive BSN scores 45. Um, Texas had an overall BSN uh, defense of 41.3, uh, which was uh, nearly four points less than the NCAA average. Um, TCU had a BSN defense of uh, 55.9, which is uh, almost uh, 11 points higher in the NCAA, in the NCAA average. Now, let, let's go on a per-quarter basis. Uh, Texas, first quarter, 39.1, so six points less than the average. 30 points in the second quarter, 15 points less than the average. 23.4 points, 22 points less than the average. In the fourth quarter, they had a 53.5, which is a little bit higher. Uh, about uh, eight points higher than the NCAA average, but the composite scores are forty-one point three for the entire game. Texas defense didn't play that well. They didn't play that bad, guys. They continuously um, baited uh, TCU. They continuously baited them to into third and longs. Texas's problem for this year, last year, the year before last, and Charlie Strong's era was getting teams off of the field when they had third and longs. Let's just take a look back into week two. Week two of this season, third and 17 against uh, LSU. What does Texas do? They give up a 61-yard touchdown. Today, third and 17, what does Texas do? They give up a touchdown. (laughs) Wow. They give up a touchdown on third and 17. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. We got to do better than that. Uh... Texas has some, they have the best talent. They have more talent on this team than TCU could ever dream of. However, what is the problem? The problem, is it the coaching? Is it that Tom Herman is not coaching his players up to the potential that they have? Is it that Todd Orlando's not coaching his defense side of the ball to the potential they have? Now, I know that the Texas defense has a lot of injuries. They have a bunch of injuries in the secondary. They're lose, they don't have Caden Stearns. Um, you know, so Jalen Green played today. Probably not at 100%, but he played. So they don't have Caden Stearns. They don't have Chris Brown, who's your other safety. They don't have Overshawn, who's your probably your third best safety in the team. All right? Um, they're missing a bunch of players. They're missing five players in that defensive backfield. 
But in a team like Texas where you have five stars and four stars who are backing up these guys, you have a guy like Anthony Cook who was a five-star talent who was the backup cornerback. So when Jalen Green goes out, you want your five-star to come back in and you want to do well. That's what other great teams do. That's what the Clemsons do. That's what Alabama does. When Alabama loses a five-star, they keep trucking. Alabama lost Dylan Moses, probably their best defensive player on the team this year, and their team captain, middle linebacker. He's, he's a quarterback on the field. What does Alabama do? They keep rolling. They keep rolling. No matter what, they put another player in as plug and play. Because the coaching is there, and the coaching is stable enough uh, to assure that whoever plays in that game is going to perform to the standards that that coaching staff wants them to play to. Texas, on the other hand, now guys, Texas with a grand. So I am a Texas grad. I was in the, the golden years of Texas. I went to school from 01 to 05. I, went, I was there when they won the championship. I was there when Mac Brown was cranking out top 10 teams year after year, top one, two, three recruiting classes year after year, 10 win seasons every year. In my final year, we won the championship. I knew some of those players. You know, a little background about myself. I was an RA for um, the football players. So I knew all those guys. I knew Cedric Benson. I was an RA for the Griffin brothers. I was an RA for Cedric Griffin. I was an RA for uh, a bunch of guys. Uh, Robert Timmons, Eric Hardeman, Nathan Basher. So I got to see what those guys got to do day in and day out. It was plug and play back then. I don't know what it is now. I have no idea what it is now. Um, yeah, it's a Longhorn. It's very, very, very disappointing loss. Huh. Let's take a look at the quarterbacks, guys. And then we'll go back to the offense defense side of the ball. But let's take a look at the quarterbacks. TCU starting a freshman quarterback who outplayed Sam Ellinger, you know, today. Um, when it comes to rushing the ball, um, TCU's quarterback Dugan or Duggan, yeah, Dugan, he had an a offensive success rating of 73% compared to Ellinger's 71%. So uh the the plus goes to TCU on the passing side of the ball. Dugan had an offensive success rating of 40, what is it, 48%? Sorry, guys. 47%, I'm sorry. Ellinger, 24% on the passing side of the ball today with those four picks. Overall, offensive success rating between these two quarterbacks. I mean, the average NCAA offensive success rating for passing or, or rushing for a quarterback is 40%. Ellinger. 30% overall. Dugan, 54%. So he he played better than Ellinger. On a per-down basis, guys, on the passing side of the ball, you're looking at Dugan, first down, 67% success rating on first down passing compared to Ellinger's 15%. That was the game. Second down, they're tied up, both of them, 25%. Third down, Ellinger 40%. No, I'm sorry. Well, Ellinger 42% and Dugan 40%. So I already told you guys what the passing percentage was. Passing percentage was 47% for Dugan, 24% for Ellinger. So Ellinger got outplayed by a freshman, you know, like this past game. Four interceptions. Who would ever thought? 
That was a big worry about this team. How would Texas do when their star quarterback, their their guy, was not on his A game? Was Texas going to win a game when their star guy was not on his A game? And the answer is no. Sam Ellinger cannot skip a beat at all. Any point in the season, his team is not that good. He has to carry this team on his back every game. Every game. It's unfair to him because he should have a little bit more help. However, the pressure goes on Sam in this game. He did lose his game, guys. He did lose his game. I love Sam Ellinger. I think he's the best thing to happen to this program in a while. I think uh, he's exactly what the program needed. But you got to give credit where credit's due, and you got to give fault where fault's due. If you're sharing your successes and your failures, you're a fool. If you're sharing your, your successes and not your failures, you're a fool. You're a fool. We share his successes and, and, and we gloat about it and we say how great he is. But he had a bunch of failures today and just wasn't the quarterback that Texas needed today to win this game. A lot of uh, ill-advised decisions that were made. So I told you guys about the Texas offense and the BSN score. I told you guys about the Texas defense and the BSN score. Um, let's dig into these stats a little bit more. You know, prior to just, you know, like actually leaving out and dipping out of this podcast. It's not going to be a long podcast today, guys. Usually around 30 minutes. Today, probably around 25 minutes. So if you look at the Texas offensive side of the ball, guys, four turnovers for Texas compared to one for TCU. Um... What else? How many times was Ellinger sacked? Ellinger was sacked only one, uh, yeah, only one time for the game. Um, Dugan was sacked twice. Ellinger and his team had 431 yards compared to Dugan's 426 yards. One thing that hurt it, one thing that hurt, not hurt it, kindly, that takes education, guys. One thing that hurt in Texas was five offensive penalties on that offensive line. Kansas State, I mean, not Kansas State, TCU had one. Tackles for loss. They're tied. Oh, no, they weren't. Texas tackled for loss TCU five times. TCU tackled for loss Texas only one time. Texas had three TDs. TCU had four. Now, the thing that was a big game changer, in my opinion, was the offensive success rating for both of these teams. For the game, offensive success rating, Texas was 33.3% and TCU was 50%. So that means, guys, every one out of two plays, TCU was successful. Every one out of three plays, Texas was successful. That was the game, guys. TCU was just a more successful team than Texas was. Far more successful team than Texas was. And on a per-quarter basis, they were more successful than Texas in every quarter of the game. In the first quarter, Texas had a 42.1% success rating for offense. TCU, 43.8%. Second quarter, 36.8% for Texas. TCU in the second quarter, 52.4% success rating. Third quarter, 38.1%. TCU, 60%. Fourth quarter, 36.8% for Texas compared to 42.9% for TCU. Like I said, guys, Texas was successful every one out of three plays. TCU was one every two. That was the game. That and the turnovers. And those turnovers contributed to the success rate to these teams. 
So when you take a look at that on the offensive side of the ball, I think the defenses pretty much were uh, pretty much standstill defenses. Um, they they pretty much uh, stood pat. Um, TCU had shorter fields. They were able to con- you know to contribute to more turnovers. One thing about the Texas defense, so they got to stop giving up explosive plays. Now, when I come look at the explosive plays for both teams, explosive plays. Texas actually had 10 explosive plays. TCU had seven. Usually the team that has more explosive plays wins the game. You know, Bill Walsh said a team that has one more explosive play than their opponent usually wins the game by 82 to 85% of the time. Texas had three more explosive plays, but they lost the game. However, Texas had the lead. Texas had 10 explosive plays. Eight of those explosive plays were in the first half. Okay? Eight in the first half. Texas had to lead 20 to 17 after the first half. At halftime, they went in there at halftime with eight explosive plays to TCU's two explosive plays. So they bested them on six explosive plays and had a lead. In the second half of the game, Texas only had two explosive plays compared to TCU's five explosive plays. So if you break that stat down, two to five, they more than doubled what Texas did in the second half and were able to pull the game out. Hats off to TCU. Hats off to Gary Patterson for always having a good game plan. Hats off to Gary Patterson for taking two and three star recruits and making them to all world players that get drafted and do great things in the NFL and, and end up becoming great players in college football and end up becoming really good players in the NFL. Hats off to him. Hats off to the TCU team for winning this game. Uh, but Texas, Texas has to do better. As a Texas grad, as a Texas fan, um, that follows this team year in, year out, that spends his quality time on his weekends to watch the games and track efficiency and effectiveness rate, efficiency and effectiveness ratings for this team on a week-by-week basis for the last three or four years. This is a disappointing game. So I don't think this team didn't come prepared. Um, horrible loss. The only positive that Texas has is that they have a bye week and they get the guys healthy. Hopefully, Caden Stearns will be back. There are a couple plays that could have been made in that backfield that Montreal still just couldn't make. He's, you got to think that Montreal still is about third or fourth. It's that third or fourth string safety, you know, because you had um, uh, Caden Stearns as a starting safety. Our backup safety is probably Chris Brown. After Chris Brown, well, I'm sorry, backup safety is probably B.J. Foster, who also plays the Joker also when, when Caden Stearns is out. B.J. Foster usually slides in the Caden Stern spot. After K- after B.J. Foster gets hurt, then you have a guy like Chris Brown who slides up there. All three of those guys are starting defensive back caliber guys in the country. All three of those guys did not play today. And when those guys didn't play, you had your, basically your, your, your fringe third-string guy slash four-string starter or four-string guy in Montreal still playing. And Montreal still can ball. He can play when he's just not up to the caliber player that those guys are. And there was a ball that was lofted into the end zone. If I'm not mistaken, that third and 17 play, it was just lofted. And it was up in the air forever. And I was like, that's a pick all day long. Montreal still did not break him the ball fast enough to not get that interception like he should have gotten. Touchdown, TCU. <sighs> so, I say that in all, guys, to only say that this is a, a bad loss for Texas. It's a, it's a loss that I was not expecting. I don't think anybody else was expecting Texas to lose this game. Um, but the guys have a week off and they get to get healthy. Um, 
I thought this team was going to be a 10 2 team this year. I thought they were going to split the wins between Oklahoma and LSU, but they ended up losing both. This team, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. This team's 5 and 3 now. They still got to play Kansas State, who beat the brakes off of Oklahoma today. They played them this it's their next game. I'm actually flying down to Texas for that game. I'm flying down from DC to to Austin to watch that game. You know, me and my dad are gonna go down and watch the game. I got tickets for both of us from the 40 yard line. 15, 20 rows up. Good seats behind Texas's uh bench. But um, yeah, I don't know if Texas is gonna win that game. I think Kansas State might get them. And then Baylor. Lord have mercy, Baylor. Baylor's the best team in the in the state right now. Baylor will probably beat Texas. Texas needs to be very careful. They can lose to Baylor. They can lose to Kansas State. And they can lose to Iowa State. And don't count on Texas Tech. They can lose to Texas Tech too. That's four losses, guys, that they can that they can amount to. Four losses will put Texas at. I don't know. Five and seven. I don't think they're going to lose out the rest of the season. I think Texas is going to get both eligible. I think Texas is probably going to finish eight and four. I think they're going to lose one game. I think Texas is going to be Kansas State. I think, but I don't know. I think they can beat Texas Tech, but I don't know. I don't know what this team is, and that's the problem. We don't know what this team is. We don't know what the what the identity of this team is. It's sad, but it's true. We don't know what that thing of his team is. Let's hope. Let's hope that Texas can uh, get back on their feet, win some games, because the defense is showing on this side of the ball, and now the offense is showing on this side of the, on on this past game. It's showing that this team has no identity. They don't know what they want to do. They ran the ball very effectively and efficiently in the first in the first half, and they went away from it. Um, they got to establish some kind of run to keep the clock churning, to keep this defense off the field. The recruits are going to start to notice that this defense isn't that good and that maybe Coach Tartalando is not the defensive coach that we all think he was or think he is. And you're going to have more decommitments. Princely, this, Princely Yumiura, you mean usually I can never say his name right, but Princely Yu from Maynard High School down there right there in Austin, he decommitted. Eaton, Josh Eaton, star cornerback, stud cornerback, decommitted. Probably going to owe you. And if his defense does not step up and play to the level that they are expected to and have the talent to play to, more decommitments are going to come. Some guys have balled out today. Malcolm Roach, give a hand clap for that guy. He balled out. He cared. He cared about this game. Kudos to uh, Brandon Jones. Had a good game. Joseph Asai always has a really good game. I'm never worried about Joseph Asai. Keandre Coburn is a guy that wants to win. I love watching him play. He wants to win every every down. And by the way, that was a tic-tac foul they called on him. and They got uh, TCU a first down after – he, you know, the Texas defense stopped on third down. The quarterback's throwing the ball. He hit some driving to the ground, roughing the passer. Wow. All right, guys, I can go tick for tack the rest of this, uh, but I'm not. I'm going to say this was a very disappointing win. Um, Texas has to get their game back together. They got to do better. 
Um, very disappointed in this team. I thought this team would do a lot better than what they have done so far this season. Um, they probably should have lost to Kansas last week. They did lose to Oklahoma two weeks ago, and they did lose to TCU this week. It's all because of their own doings. Um, I am a horn, so I'm not a hater. I'm just speaking the facts. I want to see this team win, and my wife can attest to that. <laughs> that the times around this house are not great when Texas loses. Uh, but in saying that, guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. This is episode number 20, not the happiest of episodes. Episode 20 is supposed to be a happy episode, right? But it's not the happiest of episodes, Texas Lost. But uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for um, subscribing to this podcast. I got plenty of subscribers as of last week, and it's it's, and it's great to have uh, those subscribers. and great to know that people are listening to your content. But like, subscribe. Um and go give me a you know a comment if you guys will. So follow me on Twitter uh, at horns underscore corner or at bstatsports. Go to hornscorner.com or battlestatsports.com. Thanks for everything, guys. You know, just note the uh, horns corner and battlestatsports out. <laughs>